everybody. Welcome to the Charlie Kirk Show. Andrew Colvett filling in for Charlie today. We dissect Robert Hur's truly remarkable report as a special counsel calling Joe Biden an elderly grandpa who can't remember anything and therefore was not going to be charged with mishandling of classified documents. We unpack everything, including uh, for Joe Biden, the late night press conference, train wreck, disaster, the left's reaction. I'm joined by Blake Neff. We break it all down. We also talk about Tucker's interview with Vladimir Putin. It's a fascinating hour. You're not going to want to miss it. Buckle up. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. We're so honored to be with you. My name is Andrew Colvett. I'm the executive producer of this fine show. I am also joined in studio by Blake Neff, another one of our producers and resident historian, which will come into play later, Blake, when we get into the Tucker-Putin exchange, because there's a lot. If you guys haven't watched it yet, you uh, you don't understand. But there was a 30-minute history lesson from Putin uh, direct to Tucker last night. So a lot to unpack there. I really do want to get into that, because as I said in the cold, I watched that thing three times over. Every time I watched it, I got something else out of it, and I, was, I felt like I, it was just jam-packed with information. So we will get into that. But we have to start right here at home. This is an America First show, so we're going to start right here in America. And, and it was fascinating yesterday, Blake. The, I mean, it was a seismic shift in the contour of the 2024 election. I mean, I don't think there's any other way to put it. It, it was a no-good, very-bad day for Joe Biden on multiple fronts. It, it was a political it was like a political yeah. drive by shooting almost. Uh, I don't think <laughs> well, were we even expecting this report? I don't remember anyone talking about it. I might have just not been paying attention, but it seems like it just drops out of nowhere and no one was expecting him to get charged. And I definitely don't think we were expecting to get a report where we'd say it would have been better for Biden if he were charged. <laughs> but that's what everyone was saying after it came out. Well, okay, so let's 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 catch people up. I, I, I'm sure many have heard details here and there, but this is this is a uh, it, to your point, it was worse than getting charged in many ways. This is a special counsel investigating Joe Biden's handling of classified documents that were found both in his house in Delaware and in his office, I believe, uh, at uh, Pennsylvania UPenn, right? If I'm not mistaken, and essentially what they concluded, right, Blake, is that he is. Uh, a kindly old grandpa that can't remember anything and he's well-intentioned, so we're not going to charge him. And I mean, it, 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 I mean, that's a damning thing. They essentially said that he is not fit to stand trial. Am I overstating the case? Yeah. So just to remind people, cause it's easy to forget about this. This hasn't been brought up in months, but so we had the raid on Mar-a-Lago in uh, late summer, 2022, and then 
sort of awkwardly kind of this like this fart sound as Democrats were celebrating having something on Trump finally, then oh, Biden has to come forward. His lawyers admit we found classified documents in Biden's offices. And so Merrick Garland just says, in okay, we'll appoint, we'll appoint a special counsel and he'll just investigate all of this. And so it'll look fair because we'll have a special counsel for Trump, special counsel for Biden. And we all know about how Jack Smith has gone, all the different charges he's brought, but there was no real attention on this other report. And then it comes out and yeah, as you say, it, it describes that Biden you know, they say that he deliberately retained documents that had classified information on them, which is illegal or, well, I guess with the Trump case, we don't want to say it is illegal. It's, it's being litigated how, uh, what's allowed here. But he says we can't bring charges on this because it would just be unlikely to convict. A jury would not convict. And he said several grounds. One, he said Biden is already over 80. He'll be in his mid eighties by the time any jury would bother to, uh, give a verdict on this and so he'll be really feeble in that regard there's no point in prosecuting someone that old that decrepit and then he puts a lot of emphasis on biden's memory he says biden's memory is already so far gone it will be very easy for a jury to be sympathetic and think this guy did not willfully break the law he did not have enough mental capacity that we are beyond a reasonable doubt, confident he had the mens rea to do this. Uh, there's a specific quote I have. I have the report here that I'm reading. And uh, this is a direct quote from the report on uh, page 208. In his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended, quote, if it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? And on the second day, he forgot in the interview when his term began. This is again a Biden quote. In 2009, am I still vice president? He did not remember even within several years when his son Beau died. And his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said he quote, had a real difference of opinion with General Carl Eikenberry when, in fact, Eikenberry was an ally who Mr. Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. So he's misremembering when he was vice president, when he started being vice president, when his son died, and he can't even remember the details about the Afghanistan dispute. Who was on his side? What arguments were they making? Well, and this and, is all one paragraph of a 388-page report. Well, and, and it comes on a particularly damning week where these gaffes seem to be even more, uh, you know, common, right? So on Wednesday, Biden implied that the leader of Germany was still Helmut Kohl, who left office in 1998 and then died in 2017. So the guy's dead. And then last uh, Sunday, Biden thought that the president of France was Francois Mitterrand, who has been dead for 28 years. Yeah, he, and, he and died this- in 1996. <laughs> he was a, <laughs> he's the sort of commie adjacent leader of France in the eighties. So, and so was Helmut Kohl. Helmut Kohl's the guy who was in charge when Germany reunifies. That's what he's famous for. So Biden has his world leaders stuck in the late cold war <laughs> when he was. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then to make matters incredibly worse, and we're going to play some of this tape. 
He then announces a 745 Eastern presser, right? And this thing turns into a disaster. But in ahead of it, because of how damning this report was, a lot of us were texting each other back and forth going, is he going to announce that he's stepping down and that he's going to get out of the way? He realizes he's he's uh, not the man he once was and all that. No, this was like a confrontation between family members when they go to their to their elderly uh, grandparents pa or whatever and say hey it's time to go into into you know supervised care grandpa and he's yelling at him he's got the he's shaking the finger he said no i i know what i'm doing you don't you're not taking me from my home you know I mean, I'm, I'm normally i'm normally not one of the conspiracy guys but what's i think of is do you, you know the show house of cards so the original british version of house of cards uh there's a prime minister instead of a president there's a prime minister and the villain the frank underwood of written different name he's trying to undermine him and so this prime minister is facing a scandal and he eggs him on into giving an interview that he then sets up so that it will destroy his career and i could just totally imagine someone in the white house actually thinks it's time for biden to go and he thinks we have to get him out there we have to say you can beat this you can go to the press you can show them that you have it all together knowing that he would go out there and just totally bomb the way that he did it I'm not saying this is what happened. I'm saying it's perfectly plausible to me it, that this could is. have happened because it was so sudden, it was unannounced, it was not planned, and it was utterly disastrous. Well, as you as you might know in the audience, that when people be, start losing mental acuity, when they start becoming senile, like Joe Biden apparently is, you also lose control of your emotions, uh, your impulse control. And that's what it seemed like to me. He even after delivering his statement, which was bad enough, where he seemingly forgot uh, where uh, Bo Biden's rosary was from. And, you know, he kind of paused and he might have gotten away with it after that moment. He then takes questions, which he never does. And then he he's walking off and then he comes back on when he's getting shouted another question and then makes the gaffe about the president of Mexico being the president of Egypt. So. It was it was lack of discipline, impulse control, uh, forgetful again, misquoting foreign leaders. I mean, it had all the hallmarks of just a train wreck and it was hard to watch and it was embarrassing for our nation. I really want to get some of these clips because they are just an unmitigated disaster for the Biden administration. Hey, everybody, Charlie Kirk here. It's the month of love. And that gets us all thinking about one thing, bacon. Everyone loves bacon, and they really love free bacon, which means you're going to love getting free bacon for a year from Good Ranchers, the number one American meat delivery company. Subscribe to any of their 100% American meat boxes, and they'll add a pound and a half of apple wood smoked bacon to your order for free. Not once, not twice, but every order for the year. This is expertly smoked heritage prime slices of the best 100% American bacon you've ever had. Good Ranches sources all the pork and every other cut they sell from local farms and ranches in the in America, meaning you can trust every bite for you and your family. Simply go to GoodRanchers.com, pick your box, use my code Charlie, and enjoy $240 of free bacon. Stock your fridge with easy-to-prepare, delicious American meat all year long. Fall in love with beef, chicken, seafood, especially bacon all over again by subscribing at GoodRanchers.com. Make sure to subscribe today and use promo code CHARLIE. To claim $240 in free bacon, that's GoodRanchers.com. American Meat Delivered, GoodRanchers.com. That is GoodRanchers.com. Blake, let's play some of this tape from this, you know, old man shouts at the at the room. And and 
I think it was actually, you know, all joking aside, I mean, there's got to be a, a very, very real discussion about the 25th Amendment happening in certain quarters of the Democrat Party. But this was Joe Biden's attempt to sort of thwart that discussion, right? He, he, he wanted to go out and sound forceful, be uh, command the room, and it was anything but. So I'm just going to start with this clip of him yelling and pointing at a reporter who's questioning about his mental acuity. Uh, 138. Our, Mr. President, for months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Watch Many me. American people have been watching and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your is judgment. That is not the judgment of the press. They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? What, what is your answer to that question? Because I'm the most question? qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. He's very angry. Like, that, that part wasn't so bad, I guess. It is. What I do think conservatives can make a mistake on is if they do argue that Biden is just 100 percent out of it all the time, you know, needs electrical shocks just to, you know, walk one foot in front of the other. And it's really much more, and this is how it really is with old people who are losing it a bit, is they can seem great for an hour, a couple hours, the better part of a day. But then there's a period where they're just totally lost. They're totally out of it. They completely lose their bearings. Uh, you know, they walk off with your shopping cart when they pass you in the, uh, in the aisle at the supermarket, as a friend of mine told me the other day. And, you know, that's fine if you're just a normal person, but this is the president of the United States. And as we'll see in the next clip here, uh, you can transition in a moment to the guy who just can't even remember what decade it is or what country he's talking about. Uh, so let's play number, uh, 146. The conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip, has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. I guess we should be glad he didn't still think the pharaoh was in charge of Egypt. Uh, but getting the getting the country wrong, it, they both have pyramids. You can kind of understand how he might mix them up. But that's just a few minutes after that, you know, that outburst where he's angry, old man angry, but, you know, didn't seem to have it together. But now it's not even just that he mixed up the country. He's mumbling. He He's just not nearly as alert. And I think a lot of that is that it was a question not about what he'd been prepped to go out and talk about before this press conference. It's just something he did to try to show that he still has it. And as it turns out, he doesn't have it. Well, and and if can you imagine being his press team in that moment, right? They usually don't put him in the public eye until around 10 or 11 in the morning. They often will put a lid at four. So, I mean, he's really got to your earlier point, he's really got like a four to six hour window where they will use him in public, uh, in public events or to speak to the press. And so this is 745. This is already past his, his go time. 
and he had just attempted to leave the podium and walk off. And then he he got goaded by the media to come back, which was the really the really. I mean, I'm, I, I was watching it live going like, don't come back, don't come back. And I, you know, I'm no fan of his. I just, in that moment, I got emotionally wrapped up in the fact that I did not want to see him attempt to do something, you know, spontaneous because it always ends in disaster for him. And he, that, you know, sure enough, he comes back and you could see him pause. It was almost like you could see him losing his train of thought. It's like a movie scene, the movie scene, you know, he'd be walking off, his staff will be watching on a TV camera, triumphant, the musical play. And then suddenly he'll pause, the camera zooms in and they just, no, no, don't do it. Don't, don't go back. And he goes back and now it's, now it's really bad. It's telling to me how it's like a dam broke and a lot of people in the press a lot of people in the Democratic Party who were saying, who who have just ignored this topic studiously for a long yes. time, don't talk about it, don't give Trump ammo, they're really panicking. They're really sweating now. Yeah. Hey, everybody, Charlie Kirk here. What an unbelievable start to 2024. We had last month saving babies with preborn by providing ultrasounds. And we're doing again this year what we did last year. We're going to stand for life because remaining silent in the face of the most radically pro-death administration is not an option. As Sir Edmund Burke said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing, and we're not going to do nothing. Your gift to preborn will give a girl the truth about what's happening in her body so that she can make the right choice. $280 can save 10 babies. $28 a month can save a baby a month all year long. And a $15,000 gift will provide a complete ultrasound machine that will save thousands of babies for years and years to come. And will also save moms from a lifetime of pain and regret. Call 833-850-2229. That's 833-850-2229 or click on the preborn banner at charliekirk.com. That is charliekirk.com and click on the preborn banner. Also save moms from a lifetime of pain and regret. I'm a donor of this organization. They're terrific. Go to charliekirk.com, click on the preborn banner. This is on one hand, I mean, admittedly, it's sort of funny. If you're, if you're a critic of this Biden administration, the Biden regime, as we like to call them, you're sort of enjoying this comeuppance. At the same time, let's not forget the fact that this represents grave security concerns for us internationally. There's war, wars waging. Um, it also raises legal questions. So Merrick Garland puts a special counsel in place, basically says that Joe Biden, yes, broke the law, but we're not going to charge him because he's forgetful and well-intentioned old grandpa, right? What does that mean about President Trump, Jack Smith's case? Uh President Trump is protected by the Presidential Records Act. Apparently, so is Joe Biden. Uh, Blake, you actually informed me of that, that the that the law in, was changed. In 2014, they changed it. So mm-hmm. it's just vice presidential records are the exact same as presidential records. So whatever right. applies to so, one applies to the other. Which is interesting. So it, it creates a, another problem for the Get Trump movement, the lawfare assault on President Trump. Um, but then it also raises many questions within the the left-wing media apparatus. It raises a lot of questions, um, actually just from a pure political standpoint, are they actually going to run Joe Biden or are they going to get past the convention and then he's going to bow out? I mean, there are, 25th Amendment is is now in play. Again, we said earlier, the day started with oral arguments yesterday in the Supreme Court that uh, were based around the 14th Amendment and removing Trump from the ballot in places like Colorado, Maine, elsewhere. There's many other uh, states that, that were fielding similar legal questions. And then the day ended 
with sort of a 25th Amendment question of whether or not you could remove Joe Biden from office. And so I want to play some of these these clips here. This this one is, I think, you know, you know I th- think really telling because it gets inside the mind of Joe Biden. And we've often heard and there's been press reports. I know Axios did a big thing on this, that Joe Biden is actually a really like angry prone to using very colorful language, we'll just say it that way, in private. And and, and it strikes against this kindly, well-intentioned old grandpa uh, caricature that many, I think, are are tempted to have towards him. I know Charlie last night te- tweeted out that we should not feel bad for this guy. He's a He's a walking disaster. He's a corrupt disaster. And I think that's spot on. But let's go ahead and play cut 136. This is, this is apparently, this is CNN reporting on what was going on behind closed doors when Robert Hur's report came out from the special counsel. 136. Fury behind closed doors. We have new details this morning about President Biden's angry reaction in a private meeting after the special counsel's report exonerated him of legal wrongdoing, but then put in the report that he wouldn't be charged because he's an elderly man with memory issues. And even went on to say that he didn't remember, uh, even within several years, when his son Beau died. The president was livid about this, reportedly, and in a meeting with Democrats in Virginia, lashed out saying, how could I effing forget that? The reaction at CNN in particular really stands out because, so MSNBC is a left-wing news network. They cover things from the perspective of the left. CNN's a little different. CNN is a Trump deranged news network. They were kind of in the middle during the Obama era, shifted more and more left over time, but they really just went totally berserk about Trump, remained berserk the entire Trump presidency, are still Trump berserk now. They need to be because their ratings depend on it. And so it's just... Telling to me how they reacted in the cold open, we saw Jake Tapper seeming really uh, genuinely concerned about Biden's state. He was uh, whoever he was speaking with. He was really grilling them about he was mentioning Biden mistaking all those leaders. And I was reading CNN on we, my we phone. Have that clip. Yeah. yeah. Do we want to play it again? Sure. Yeah. It's with Dan Goldman. And I think I mentioned in the chat, I was like, apparently, you know, Dan Goldman here is talking with Jake Tapper and Jake Tapper is grilling him about his mental acuity, Joe Biden's mental acuity, 137. The memory lapses that President Biden is described as having in this report, this is not the first time anybody's raised issues of President Biden's acuity. And in fact, twice this week, President Biden referenced uh, European leaders' conversations he had with them in 2021 when both those European leaders had long been dead. He confused Macron with Mitterrand, he confused Helmut Kohl with Angela Merkel. Uh, are you really acting as if there's nothing to these issues or these concerns? Well, I, I saw from the White House counsel that they disputed this uh, recollection of the interview. And I will tell you, Jake, uh, I was in Israel on October 7th, as you know, and President Biden was nice enough to call me. And I can tell you, this was the day before that interview, I can tell you he was sharper than anyone I've spoken to about so that's Jake Tapper doing that. I was reading CNN on my phone last night, and this was the headline they had at that time. This was around midnight. Biden rips special counsel and blames his staff. Biden forcefully criticized the special counsel's accusations, including that he has memory issues. 
Moments later, he mixed up the countries, the country Egypt's leader runs. And that was just one of them. And they had several others. Just they had a fact check. Um, let me see here. They have an article right now. Fact check. Biden makes three false claims about his handling of classified information. That came out uh, very early this morning. There is like a real offensive from CNN. They seem to really be seizing on this. They seem genuinely uh, accusatory towards the president in a way that we very rarely see. And this is right after the Supreme Court hearings, as we mentioned, which got all of this hype. And yet went very, very badly for the left. So much that they were they were despairing in the morning. And then in the afternoon, they get this extra body blow. And like I said, I don't believe there's any centralized conspiracy. I don't think there's a cabal that runs Whoa. the Democratic Party that would be able to replace Biden. But I think we're seeing the point where a lot of people on the left are publicly panicking about Biden's quality as a candidate. And so we'll see them publicly try to pressure perhaps biden to uh bow out in some way yeah and i I, here's here's i think we are tempted to look at the left as a hive mind that they are working in perfect unison and that's just not really true at all now they are more together than the right the right is i mean the right there's so much infighting on the right it's frustrating for a lot of us i know a lot of the viewers when they see little skirmishes on twitter or x or whatever they get they get frustrated like why can't we all just like focus on the right thing and and point our guns uh towards towards the bad guys on the left right metaphorically speaking the but the but but the truth is there is infighting on the left it they're they do a better job of keeping it under wraps i would say but the far progressive wing versus the the blue dog Democrats, the moderate wing, um, and then everybody in in between, they tend to they tend to kind of act in unison. But there is different factions within this, um, and, and I would say, you know, Gavin Newsom's name was trending right after this presser. Then Michelle Obama, I think, is is trending now. I mean, they there is definitely a move afoot to say, hey, can we put somebody else in place? I think some of the reactions from the reporters in that room were even self-interested where they're like can you please get out of the way because you're going to lose you're losing it you, you know it's important to remember that trump lost 2020 by 42,000 votes across like two or three three states and you know we say lost sort of in air quotes with all the mass mail-ins but whatever he never won he was never leading in the polls nationally or in the battleground states and you have polls like nbc they pulled this head-to-head biden to, to trump 16 times over the last couple of years and only starting in November, and, and, and did Trump take his first lead ever? And now it's it's widened to about six points, which is beyond the um, uh, sampling error size. So so you've got real concern that not only are you having a very unpopular candidate, but he's showing mental decline that is extremely noticeable for the vast majority of the population, and you. Also have other candidates waiting in the wings like Gavin Newsom, who has basically said to the world like, hey, guys, I'm ready. You know, tap me. I'm, you know, tap me in, coach. I'm ready to go. And so there is. But so I think these factions are playing it off of each other. And I don't I think, yes, there is a move afoot. But what I've heard consistently is that Joe Biden is one of the most stubborn men that you have ever met. And he will not be dragged out of this. He is stubborn. And, and you combine that with the fact that he is declining. And you do have impulse control. You have anger control issues. 
And he's going to he's doggedly going to stay in this fight. And to your point earlier, some parts of the day, he probably seems up to the task that that window, though, narrows as he as he goes on. And uh, one other thing that we haven't talked about, and I haven't heard anybody mention this recently, uh, Blake, is the fact that Joe Biden has had health problems uh, in his brain. Right. I mean, he's I'm going to look this up as soon as you start talking. But he's had, I believe, two surgeries brain surgeries in in his past yeah he had uh, aneurysms in the 80s i believe that's right and yes so and he wasn't a very bright guy he, 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 we don't talk about this much anymore but biden you know just lies about things a lot and one of the things he would lie about is he would talk about he he had you know the best grades i think he claimed he graduated at the top of his class in either undergrad or law school and in reality he was near the bottom of it i believe he, he was never a good student he was never a person setting the world on fire with his intellect. And now his middling intellect is in decline. And that was really his only, like his charismatic personality, I guess, was his main asset as a politician. And now he's just this angry old guy. And they're looking in terror that they have, we're nine months out from an election day. As you said, Trump is up in the polls now for the first time against Biden basically ever. Uh, all the momentum seems to be on his side. He's getting just the right amount of opposition for him to get that anti-fragile gain of him against the world. Uh, but now he's destroying this ballot, this effort to take him off the ballot. Uh, the efforts to take him out through criminal trials are blowing up and they're all blowing up in comical different ways. Uh, you know, the <laughs> Supreme, you know, Fanny Willis has her scandal. We're, we're a week out from that hearing. That could be an amazing story. That's coming up. Jack Smith is going to get delayed past the election. New York is nobody cares about New York. You don't hear about it. And I think that's for a reason. And the entire yeah, they, ironically, ironically, their biggest win has been this E. Jean Carroll, you know, drive by shooting of the justice system. The only I mean, win they've had is stuff. they've taken money away from a guy who is most famous for having a ton of money. Putin Tucker. All right. So I agree with something you said, Blake. We, it, it, as you're watching it, it was really about Putin's strategy, his pitch to the global audience. He was definitely trying to alpha on Tucker. He made a little jab at Tucker saying you didn't get into the CIA, you know, and thank goodness, you know. Um, he he starts by saying, is this going to be a serious conversation or a talk show? Um, alluding to the fact that, you know, I think he knew this was Tucker leveling up. I don't I don't remember Tucker doing an interview like this. Right. This was this is sort of the realm that is the Barbara Walters, the, um, you know, the uh, Megyn Kelly actually did one uh, with Putin, if I if I recall correctly. But this is, you know, this is a Chris Wallace type thing. So here's Tucker talking to one of the most consequential people in the world and they sit down for two hours. And, and I, I actually think it was a fantastic interview. I watched it three times. I do think Tucker could have been, he could have made a choice to be more confrontational. But I thought he did it. I thought he, I thought he threaded the needle really well. He challenged, he pushed back. He asked questions about Nord Stream. Why did you do it? Uh, have, you, have you put NATO in a corner where now they, they can't save face and, and get to a peace deal? We also learned that, uh, new details, at least from um, Putin's perspective, about the peace deal that's been on the table. 
And, uh, you know, putting aside some of the wild history mischaracterizations about Poland and the Nazis, I thought that it was a very substantive discussion. And I thought Tucker comported himself brilliantly. Well, it's already a legendary interview just because of the mem- memetic content we're getting from it. We're getting, I'm getting these <laughs> jokes, you know, the way it's like, oh, well, you explain American history. Well, first we have to start with the, uh, you know, the cooling of the earth after it formed four billion years ago as, you know, the stardust <laughs> coalesced together. And then eventually you get multicellular life forms. The, the way he approaches it, it's sort of funny that that is how people are reacting to it, though, because the description, as uh, Tyler was explaining yesterday on our stream, Putin's description of Russian history, it's not super deep if you're Russian. It's much more, you know, if you're a Russian middle schooler, how you might summarize your country's history. The way we would say, talk about Jamestown and then the Mayflower and then the Sons of Liberty leading into the American Revolution. That's a lot of the high points he's hitting. He's hitting the foundation of the Rus people that the Russians come from, the Christianization of them. Those are the two big foundational marks in Russian history. And then he jumps pretty quickly forward to stuff that's at least more relevant to Ukraine. Well, in his his basic pitch, though, right, is that Ukraine is a synthetic creation of of global powers throughout the years, that it doesn't have a a cultural core or history like the russian people do and that and really that there's the dividing line of the naper river which anything to the east of it has actually always been russia it's always been considered russia anything to the left of it as uh, something else right i mean that was his basic that's pitch. that's the claim he's making and i think setting aside whether it's true or not i think what's most interesting is this is his big interview of the last two years he knows a lot of people will watch this and that's what he argues and to be, and he's offering to have Tucker read these documents from the 1600s. Or I can have them translated for you. He kind of came off to me like, like COVID hit. And so he locked himself away in his basement. He was very scared of COVID, we know. He locks himself away in his basement and he's reading all these historical texts and he's building up all these grievances that he already has towards the West. And he's really convinced that this 300 year historical, 300 year old historical point proves that he's correct on this big issue and why won't the world listen they're they're denying him what's really amazing is we have this image of putin as a puppet master that is really popular to push and instead putin comes off as a true believer in this arcane historical point and that's why he needs to wage this war that's killed so many people yeah i i definitely think he's been wounded by the west and as i watched it the third time i thought to myself if if you're the west how do you trust this man he's too cagey Thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you like what we do here, if you appreciate the content that we put out, please consider going over to members.charliekirk.com. That's members.charliekirk.com and join the inner circle, the inner sanctum of this community that we are building. It means a lot to us. It is a subscription and it helps keep the lights on, helps keep us strong, helps keep us speaking the truth boldly without fear of cancellation or censorship. So again, that's members.charliekirk.com. It's growing like gangbusters, so we're grateful. Um, Please consider joining if you haven't. We have exclusive content, exclusive interviews, and video conference calls with Charlie himself. So go to members.charliekirk.com. Join us there. Talk to you soon. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.